I asked Hal Sexton to come and share a bit about what he's been learning about uh, Christian types of therapy versus Christ-centered uh, discipleship and counseling. And why don't you stand back here, Hal, and give us I appreciated the opportunity to do this. I, um, every one of us has a story, and I learned that quite directly back in January. I resigned my church on the first Sunday in January, and um, a lot of different reasons, and we'll go eat lunch and I'll tell you about them, but uh, one of the things that was recommended to me by my director of missions is that I go on a retreat uh, with, a, with a group that's designed to minister to pastors, uh, pastors who have fallen morally or pastors who have gotten fired or pastors who have stolen money or pastors who quit their job. Uh, you know, whatever category you fit in, this retreat was for that. And I really felt like um, I needed to go. Honestly, primarily, my main reason is because I need this guy's endorsement if I'm ever going to get another church. If that sounds like a real spiritual reason to do something, uh, that was the reason I needed to go. And I entered into a counseling relationship with Dr. Betty Tower down in Florida, who has been to GFI and uses this as her model for counseling. And uh, I told Betty that I was going to go do that. And she got this very pained expression on her face. And she said, I wish you had talked to me first. And I said, well, I didn't, and I'm an adult, and I've already made my decision. I'm going to go do it. She said, I, I, I've got some real misgivings about it, but if that's what God's led you to do, you go ahead. God will use it for his purposes. And I thought she was just being way off the wall. Well, the first thing I did, though, was go to Titusville, the Brother Jerry's church, went through the conference over there. And I'm so glad I did that because if I had done the retreat first, I would have ended up totally defeated, and I never would have gone back into the ministry again. Uh, I went to this place and walked in the door, and uh, we walked into the first session, and my wife was with me. There were six pastors and their spouses. There were some female pastors, some male pastors, and uh, their spouses were there. There were four retreat leaders, and uh, we uh, all sat down in the circle, and as they started talking, my wife leaned over to me, and she said, I, I, I feel like we are strangers in a strange land. And I said, yeah, I did too. And but I said, God's got something for us here. We want to, I want to see it. And we went through the, the first session. Uh, the first two sessions were all about letting us tell our story. That's the story issue. And, and I was the last one to go. And they went around, and this one had, had uh, gotten the women of the church mad at him. He had gotten fired. And this one had gotten the deacons of the church mad at him, and he had gotten fired. And this one was thinking he was fixing to get fired. And this lady got in trouble for knitting during business meetings, and she was going to get fired. And we're all around the corner. And every one of them, for an hour, just just this, this, this vile stuff just spewed out of how angry they were and how bad they had been mistreated and how their rights had been violated and all that. And remember, I had just spent the weekend before having a funeral, okay? <laughs> and it got around to me, it got around to me, and I said, guys, I know you want me to talk bad about my church, but my church has loved me, and they've taken care of me, and they've done well by me. My problem was myself. Uh, my problem is I had come to the end of myself. My problem is I wasn't where I needed to be spiritually. My problem is I was more characterized by sin than I was by righteousness. And so I've left my church, and, and I'm just here to see what I can get. And, and they immediately jumped all over me. No, 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 don't you mean that they offended you? Don't you mean that they did this? 
Shouldn't they have taken better care of you? Shouldn't they have given you a vacation? Shouldn't they have insisted on this? And I said, I said, guys, I said, I can talk bad about them if you want me to, but the problem was me. The problem was me. And then my wife went, and they jumped all over her because she said the, uh, the same thing. And over the next three or four days, they tried to let us talk it out. They would ask us uh, questions, and, and you know, they'd ask each one of the pastors questions and try to help them explore the different avenues of, of what went on. They, uh, they did their best to make us feel good about who we were. Uh, they never gave any solutions. There were four, four retreat leaders. They never gave any solutions. I, I kept raising my hand and said, doesn't God's word say this? And they said, well, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. And I, you know, they kept pushing me aside, pushing the answers aside. I kept saying, when they'd come to me, I'd say, uh, guys, it's my fault. I did it. I was, I was wrong. And they didn't want to hear that. Uh, they did their their best to make us feel good about ourselves. They did their best to make us feel that we weren't the issue, that others were the issue, and that what we needed to do was let others get their life right, and then our life would be better. Um, they uh, they used the scripture you talk about using the Bible. They used the scripture. They would read two verses in the morning and have a prayer, and at the end of the evening we would have a prayer as we dismissed. The Bible was never mentioned again. The the script uh, we we didn't pray together. I went to several of the people and said, "Can I pray with you over that issue you were talking about?" And they received it. You know, those that I went to and talked to. And my wife started ministering to the women that were there. I started trying to minister to some of the pastors that were there because we were getting absolutely nothing from the sessions of of ministry. Uh, there were six pastors. There were four retreat leaders. The last night of the, uh, the retreat was Thursday night and if I had had to go through Thursday night without having gone to Titusville without having met with John on Wednesday of that week um, and that was the story in and of itself uh, which we can tell you sometime I don't know that I could have made it through Thursday night uh, Thursday night everybody went around the group and the psychiatrist that was there told them what he thought they needed to do they got around to me and every one of them started blasting me. Every one of them started telling me that I was had a simplistic view of, of life, and I had a simplistic view of the Bible, and I had a simplistic view of, of what the cross was about, and that I was never going to gain victory over anything because I wasn't willing to seek the psychological help that I needed. Mm-hmm. And I tried to protest it uh, for about three minutes. And... I, I told my story exactly like I told all along. My fault, I was wrong. I needed to be with God. They uh, they jumped all over me. Uh, two of the other pastors tried to come to my defense. They started jumping on them. I'm talking about the retreat leaders. After about three minutes, I folded my arms. And I, I just sat there quietly. And they'd say, do you agree? And I'd say, no, I don't. And I sat there for another hour with them talking to me. It was very interesting to me. That night, the four retreat leaders and five of the other couple, five of the couples that were there, every one of them were on antidepressants and psychotropic drugs, including the four retreat leaders. And they told me that my main problem was I wouldn't admit my need for chemicals. I wouldn't. And I kept saying, guys, I just need to go to the cross. That's what I need. I need to go to the cross. Um, 
they offered no solution for the real issues. They did tell us we need to exercise and eat right, and I thought that was good. They did teach us how to write a resume, and I thought that was good. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought that was good information. They did spend, I kept waiting. Now, every person that spoke, spoke about how badly they had been offended. So I kept waiting for somebody to say, what you need to do is get to where you forgive these people. I brought that up several times, and I was shushed. It's not time, it's not time. The last day of the retreat, they spent literally 30 seconds on saying you need to come to the place of forgiveness where you can forgive people. If um, Thursday night at the end of the meeting I got up and walked out and I went back to the room where my wife and I were staying in, and my wife didn't follow me. I thought, that's good. A good man would go back and help his wife. My wife was very forbearing. She's ready to take somebody on. She's ready to do something. And, but I couldn't. I wasn't, I wasn't in a fighting mood. I just wanted to get away. And um, she came in, and I was sitting there, and she said, um, she said, what's wrong? And I said, you know, if what they're saying is true, then I have no hope. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me, John, and she said, you have to decide who you're going to believe. Mm -hmm. Are you going to believe what God has said about you, or are you going to believe what this psychiatrist has said about you? And I, um, every one of those people were dealing with anger, and didn't get anything done about it. They were dealing with lack of forgiveness. Didn't get anything done about it. They were getting with. They were dealing with uh, the complexity of their life, and they didn't get anything done about it. And I wanted to say, I never did get the get the guts to say it. I, I'll be honest, Doctor Solomon, on uh, the first part of um, Friday night at Titusville, I thought your little statement about, uh, you know, it's amazing what death will cure. Yeah, you know, I thought that was real simplistic. I, I did. <laughs> but I, I, I told a couple of the folks at the retreat about it, and I really wanted to be able to tell the entire retreat about it. It's absolutely amazing what a funeral will do for you. It is absolutely amazing what a funeral will do for you. And uh, I, I am so impressed. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think that spiritual therapy, which he hadn't walked in, is the be all and end all. I, I think we've still got other things we need to add. I love the four phases idea, because there's other things like breaking down strongholds and that sort of thing that we need to add in. But there are so many of my pastor friends who are trying to do phase four. They're saved and they're trying to do phase four, but they've never done phase two and three. They've never gained freedom. They've never gained the, the having Christ as their life. And because of that, they can't lead their people to do that. And I tell you what I'd love to do is do a retreat for pastors mm -hmm. who have fallen or pastors who have gotten fired or pastors and start with a Friday and Saturday retreat and then spend Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday talking about breaking down strongholds and gaining freedom and, and applying God's word and uh, and how to write a resume, I mean, how to exercise and how to eat right, and all that would be great as well. But there is just so much that the world offers that is so, yeah, it doesn't, 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 meet, the, it doesn't meet the needs of the folks. And isn't that amazing? They're, by the way, those retreat leaders were doing the absolute best they could. They were giving, they were giving absolutely everything they had. And it was totally useless. It was, eh, maybe not. Maybe it was three percent useful, and ninety-seven percent useful. Amen. 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 Amen